This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. What up, Seattle? This is the Paul Gallant Show, but you don't have Paul Gallant. You got to deal with me, Michael Bubbins. I appreciate you guys taking your time out of your day just to give us a listen to remind you this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, and as Glant would say, nay, the world. So let's get right into it. I'm going to give you the question of the day. We all know the Seahawks. Well, most of us know the Seahawks signed Alden Smith, the former 49er, played with the Dallas Cowboys last year, had five sacks. Now, here's your question. How much should we expect from Alden Smith? Is he going to be a leader? Will he lead the team in sacks? Will he be a rotational guy? How will he impact this franchise this year? I kind of like what they're doing. All right, let's get into it. If you don't know, man, the Mariners are number one in the AL West. They are 8-5. and five. They went over to Baltimore. They won three out of four games. They got their bats going. It was an impressive road series for me. Now, last couple of years, I've been disappointed from the Mariners. I think a lot of us have been disappointed for, what, 20 years now, it feels like. But they give you hope. They give you hope, and then they take it away. But I have decided that I'm going to love hard this year. I'm, I'm, I'm buying into whatever they're doing. I know service and DePoto say, let's be patient. Let's wait a couple years and see what's happening. But when you see performances like you've seen the past four or five days, it keeps you optimistic. The first guy I want to talk about is Justin Dunn. His very first outing this year, he walked eight guys. Didn't really feel good. You're not really confident. You lose packs. And so now you know you have to lean on this young man a bit more. And what does he do? He comes out and he has a good performance. Now, I think it was all about his mentality. His mentality was on some, on some football stuff. And that's what kind of got me hyped up. Uh, more, let's, uh, let's get that cut from, from Dunn talking about his mentality. Everything today was just here it is, hit it. Um, it was kind of almost an FU mentality. So, uh, 001, I was going to give you one to hit, get ahead and let my stuff play. So if I knew if I can get ahead and expand later, I'd have some success and honestly didn't really have put away breaking balls today until the later in the game, later on in the game. So, um, yeah, unfortunate with the results and just got to keep building off of it. He said, FU just hit it. I'm going at you. If you can hit it, you can hit it. But he was trying to get ahead in the count, and I appreciate that approach. Sometimes pitchers try to dance around the plate. They don't want to give batters anything to hit. They get themselves in trouble. Next thing you know, you got runners in scoring position, and you give up a base hit and runs are in. That wasn't his mentality. He was on the mound. He was the aggressor. He was going after the batters, and I appreciate that. His first outing, he struggled with command. Uh, he allowed... Excuse me, he, str- he struggled with his command, but this time around, he allowed one run on two hits, striking out six guys. 14 out of his 21st pitches to batters were strikes. That right there lets you know he's not running from anybody. I appreciate that. Now let's go on the other side. Marco, the leader, the ace, the guy that you expect to take this team to the next level, struggled in a couple of debuts. What does he do? Game uh, <laughs> is start against the Baltimore uh, Orioles. First inning, he gives up a home run. So now I'm watching this go down, guys, and I'm like, okay, how is he going to respond to this? You just give up two-run home run. You got your team down. What do you do? He battles back. He retires 10 in a row and shows that competitiveness that I keep hearing about when it comes to Marco Gonzalez. That's what I want to see. Now, going into the season, I didn't expect this team to be a playoff team, to be making a bunch of noise. I wanted them to compete, and it starts with your ace, especially when you lose Paxton. 
Now there's some other guys kind of turning the corner here. You got Dylan Moore, who was in a slump. He finds his way out with a home run on the top of the third in game two. See, hear that cut. Sorry about that bump. Which home run were you looking for? Oh, I'm sorry. That's on me. Dylan Moore, solo home run, the top of the third in game two. I got two. you. <laughs> First pitch to Dylan Moore on the way home. He swings and socks this out to left field. Onto the warning track. Back by the wall and gone. How about this from Dylan Moore to start the top of the third? Mariners' BP at Camden Yards continues. Dylan going deep, and it's one nothing Mariners in the third inning. You got Dylan Pulling himself out of a slump. This looks like a power team right now. They got seven home runs from six different players in the four-game series against the Orioles. They got things going. They were kind of supposed to lead on Evan White when it came to that bat. So right now, when it comes to power at least, right now you got guys stepping up, telling Evan White, don't worry about it. You, you get back in the game. You get your groove on, and we'll carry the load for you. I love what I'm seeing out of this young team. More. Am I foolish? to be excited and to love hard when it comes to these Mariners? I don't think so, but, you know, I, um, I'm i not from here. I feel, like the, I feel like the fans that are from here that have been putting up with this for a long time, uh, for the most part, they are usually going to text in and tell you, don't do it, don't invest your heart. But it just it really feels like they are finally turning a corner. I don't think they're tricking us this time. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year, but they're at least going to be fun to watch this year. And we're, we're inching there. We're getting there. You know, I'm just happy I'm not alone. You know, we did the, the Danny Gallant <laughs> show before this, and people are telling us, just like you said, don't buy into it. They're going to break your heart. You know what? I guess my heart hasn't been broken enough. I'm going to love heart. Now, another guy that I'm excited to see do his thing is Mitch Hanniger. We all know the struggles this guy has had. Hasn't played in the game since 2019. In 2018, he was in the MVP talks. He's reminding guys right now, like, look, Don't forget about your boy, all right? 2018, I was considered a top 10 position player in this league. Don't forget about me, and he is leading the charge as well. He's showing, like, look, I'm not just an old guy who's leading in the locker room. I'm an old guy who's going to perform as well. Now, Hanniger had a solo home run at the top of the fifth in game two. Can we hear that cut, please, Dooley? The 1-1. Swing, and this is absolutely destroyed. Mitch Hanniger going back into the Mariners' bullpen again. Hanniger has homered once more at Camden Yards. You just cannot get this guy out. He homers in both ends of the doubleheader and has given the Mariners a 2-1 lead in the fifth inning. Doubleheader, no problem, Hanniger says. He goes, look, I'm going to go yard in both of these things. And what he does there, he went to the hit the ball to the bullpen both times. I don't know if it's the first or second one more, but did you see the catch from the catcher in the bullpen? That was almost just as impressive as that home run. Oh, yeah, Will Vest. Apparently he used to play shortstop, so they were saying those, those instincts are there. But, yeah, to turn a double play, that was uh, a heads-up play for sure. And he's been doing really well. Danny wants to take credit because he came on Danny and Gallant. Um, before his first win, I believe. So he, he I was on that day, something. too. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. you get some credit as well. I'm taking it. I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> I'm taking all the credit. Uh, and let's remind folks, you still haven't seen Kyle Lewis. Everyone's waiting on Kellenick. 
we're hearing that Julio might be a possibility. So this team is showing life. They're showing a heartbeat, and they're not even at full force yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Another guy I want to talk about is J.P. Crawford. Now, he's not known for his bat, right? He's known for his glove. But at some point, you're going to have to produce runs. That's exactly what this kid did. Let's go uh, J.P. Crawford, two RBI double, top of the six in game one, please, more. Pause the pitch. Swinging its rope. Fair ball, right field. Braden Bishop rounds third and is headed home. Mariners have taken the lead as Dylan Moore is now coasted home. Dylan Moore, a headlong slide, no throw home. J.P. Crawford, two strikes, two outs, top of the sixth. He has put the Mariners in front of the birds, four to two. J.P., are you with me? Let's go, man. I like seeing this young man get it going, known for his gloves, slap that ball out into right field. And I think what people didn't really see, Moore has wheels, man. He was coming around third base. And I'm like, all right, the young man can run a little bit. Just a team win. We're seeing a little bit of everything. We're seeing defense. We're seeing the basket hot. We're seeing pitchers get into their groove and find their confidence and figure out who they are. And real quickly, before we move on, the Astros are coming into town. Now, I was asked, how am I going to respond to these Astros? If I were there, if I were at T-Mobile, I'd be booing the heck out of them. I know it was a couple years ago. The, the, the Mariners didn't throw, didn't beam any of their batters last year. But this is your time, Mariners fans. You show up to T-Mobile and you boo them. After the first or second inning, then you get back to baseball. You cheer on your team. More, if you were at T-Mobile, are you booing these guys? Oh, of course, yeah. You have to, right? Got to boo them. Right? You got to boo them. They're cheaters. We don't, we don't like cheaters out here. <laughs> Plus a division rival cheater. Come on. The division rival cheater, exactly. All right, let's reset a little bit. I want to remind you the question of the day is how much should we expect from Alden Smith? I want to hear what you got to say, but it's time to see what's trending. Brought to you by, by Kings Heating and Air. All right. We've got uh, up first here. Uh, I know you're a Coog bump, but mm-hmm. got something about a former Husky. Trey Adams has announced his retirement from the NFL after just one season with the Buffalo Bills. You know what? I am a Coug, but I am a former athlete and a person first. So when I heard that Trey Adams was announcing his retirement from the NFL, um, I felt for him because you really don't know what's going on. It could be injuries. He had back surgery at the University of Washington. He was projected to be a first-round guy early in his career. I think the back injury kind of set him back. He doesn't get drafted, and now he's on the practice squad for the Buffalo Bills and just decides to hang it up. It could be mental. It could be physical. But whatever it is, I hope he's doing what's right for him. Now, within his circle and even outside his circle, he's going to hear people talking about, oh, my gosh, it's a privilege to play in the NFL. Why are you giving up on your dream? They are right. It is a privilege to play in the NFL. Not too many guys get to do it. But at some point, you're going to hang up the cleats, whether it be one year in, three years in, 10 to 15 years in, if you are lucky. But most guys hang them up early. The plus side for this for Trey is, look, you got a whole life ahead of you. You made a little bit of money. Maybe that can jumpstart your, your family life, maybe buy a home or something like that. Um, he fulfilled all of his dreams. He probably didn't. Well, obviously, probably. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was there in the league. He had an opportunity. So whatever decision you go with, you stick with it. Now, the tough part is going to be waking up a year from now and realizing you're no longer a football player. I dealt with that myself, but you find ways um, to kind of fill that void. So, Trey, if you're happy, I'm happy for you. 
you're a dog. It's all good. I still got love for you. What else we got, more? All right, up next, Justin Fields is now the favorite to be the number three pick in the draft. But that doesn't mean that the bad takes have stopped coming in. Uh, here's Chris Mortensen on um, apparently he thinks Justin Fields' baseball past is an issue for his throwing. Uh, I'll let you know when the last time he played baseball was after we hear this cut. Why? People don't realize mm-hmm. Justin Fields was a big-time high school baseball player. He mm-hmm. was invited to the perfect game showcase as a, at Harrison High School in Metro Atlanta, where the top baseball players are, are, are showcased for Major League Scouts. He also was getting ready to play baseball at Ohio State last year. So he was actually going between two sports, getting ready, and then the pandemic, are they, are, are they not? Those type of things might have messed with his mechanics just a little bit. Hasn't played baseball since 2018 in high school, bump. 2018. You know, that's a perfect example of the media just reaching. We're looking for stories. More off-air, you rattled off three or four QBs. Who played baseball? Let the people know who you're talking about. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I, you, I, I know there's more than that. It's, it seems like it should be a plus, not a negative. It, it goes hand in hand. I, ha- I have not coached a quarterback who did not play baseball or at least dabbled wow. in baseball. If you are a quarterback, people are probably going to want to see what you can do on the mound. You might have started on the mound and said, look, man, I can throw this fastball. Let me see what I can do with a football. I just don't agree. You want your athletes to play multiple sports. It's cross training. It helps your body not do the same motion over and over again. It, it teaches your body how to move differently. You experience different types of coaching. Your, your brain is stimulated in different ways. I'm all for it. 2018, we're talking three years ago, this man played baseball. I like it that Justin Fields is a complete athlete and is versatile. It shouldn't be a knock. That should be a plus. That same athleticism that allowed him to play baseball, you know what, what it's going to do? It's going to allow him to get outside the pocket. It's going to allow him to, to fire football 10, 15 yards down the field in a tight window. All those things are pluses to me. So I just don't understand that take. Again, it's, it's almost draft, draft time. Guys are reaching for stories. We're, we're looking to make guys relevant, irrelevant. I think that's what happened here. Oh, the I will texters never... are helping us out. Kyler Murray, John Elway, also baseball Boom. players. Come on, man. It's, I don't know uh, why it... Murray didn't pop in my head. That's the most recent one. I know, right? That should be the guy. And he gave back, what, two million bucks uh, to, go, yeah. to go play football. All right. This hour Paul Glon show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. It's time for you to be heard. Text or call 206-421-3776. And let's hear what you got to say. I am going to the text line. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. It's time for you to be heard. Interactive sports talk show in all the land. All right, the first text I'm just going to look at, it says Mamba Mentality. And I assume you were talking about Justin Dunn when I went on that Justin Dunn rant. Yes, Mamba Mentality. That's going to be something that lives forever. You know when when people uh, shoot a piece of paper into a a garbage can? What do they say? Kobe, right? That's going to live forever. Mamba Mentality is going to live forever. I appreciate that. All right, the 253 says, don't give up. Love hard. Collective energy. 
I like that. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to love hard. I'm going to put my, my heart and soul into this baseball team because they're young and they got nothing to lose. The teams that have all these expectations, that's when you get stressed out. That's when you got to make sure your guys are, are firing on all cylinders at all times. That's when uh, you have to make sure that your, your pitchers are constantly on point. I'm going to love hard when it comes to these guys. I appreciate that one right there. Okay. 425 says, I'm with you, Bump. I'm all in on the Mariners this year. I need some optimism. I'm even going to buy Diamond Club seat series for a game for the first time. Diamond Club. More. Have you ever been to the Diamond Club? Oh, I'm sorry. Diamond Club. Let me tell you about the Diamond Club. All right? Diamond Club is something special. My buddy took me to the Diamond Club. Man, it's beautiful. You sit right behind home plate. Uh, they, they serve you food. All you got to do is raise your hand. You got a waiter that comes to you. So if you are capable of going to the Diamond Club, I suggest you give it a shot. Okay. What we got here? 253. Buy-in makes the high so much better when you're experiencing the lows for so long. I like that way of thinking. I like that perspective, that point of view. Yeah. Buy-in. Ride the waves. You know, some of the best advice I ever got, uh, one of my buddies, um, Mark Lauren, lives like three blocks from me. I go, man, you've been married 20-something years, man. How, how, how do you do it? He goes, hey, man. Ride the highs, weather the lows. That's exactly what we have to do for this baseball club. Ride the high, weather the lows, and hope that it all works out when it's all said and done. All right. 206 says, Alden's going to be a go-getter and an example for the young guys to do your best. He'll get at least six sacks. That's some Christian. Christian, always listening, always texting, and I appreciate you. Um, I agree with them. I agree with them. Be an example to the young guys. More than just football. Like, look, man, I messed up in my life. I made some mistakes, but you know what? I'm still here. I'm still getting opportunities. You can correct your mistakes, whether in life, whether in ball, whatever you got to do. Okay? You can correct your mistakes, and he can be a perfect example of that. I hope he comes out six and a half, seven sacks. If Smith can get six and a half, seven sacks, this defense will get more than 45 sacks again this year. But here's the difference. Start off fast. It can't be the slow start that we saw out of this defense. I think the secondary is even going to be better with the, uh, the movement, movements that they made with Witherspoon. We'll see what DJ Reed does. But how do you help that secondary? You control the box. And you're going to control the box with Smith, with Kerry Hyder, with Carlos Dunlap, with Puna Ford, with Benson Mayoa, on Robinson, Daryl Taylor. The sad part is somebody's probably going to have to go. They're going to lose a job because there's so much talent on that defensive line. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It's all about competition. P. Carroll, bring guys in to compete. All right? I'm with that. Okay. Got some callers. Who we got? We got Sean. Sean from Centralia. What's up? Listen, you know, I love to listen to you talk about quarterback. You know, a pitcher has to be able to move forward, has to be able to go left, right, not just throw the ball from the mound. So they have to have a level of athleticism for the most part. And then the other thing that's what has happened to quarterbacks is the Cunninghams, the Youngs, these guys set the precedent to prove that just because you're a runner doesn't mean you can't be a good quarterback. And now we've kind of flipped the switch. I think the drop-back passer has to be able to prove they can get the ball out of their hand quick and they're not brittle when they get hit. Sean, I, I agree with you 100%. You made a couple good points. A pitcher on the mound has to move left, move right. It's not just I'm throwing the ball. All right, look at look at Vess. 
All right, he would, he doesn't turn that double play against the Orioles if he's not some type of athlete. And I'm with you. There is a shift going on in the NFL right now. I'm not saying pocket passers are going to be gone forever. They're always going to be pocket passers, and they're going to thrive in some offenses and situations. But if you can get a guy who can move and can throw the football, why not? Look at the number one and number two pick. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Those guys can both throw the football. They both have rocket arms, but they can also move in the pocket. I love it. All right, I'm going to go back to the text lines. 360 says, who was Bump rooting for when the Mariners play the Dodgers? Oh, my goodness gracious. Why did I read that? Now I have to answer that question. Who am I rooting for? I'm rooting for the Dodgers, but I am mad at the Mariners win. I've been in Seattle on the excuse me, state of Washington for 16 years now. I am from L.A. I've been a Dodger my whole life. But can't deny, man, my kids are born here. They're Seattle sports lovers. So I'm going to be going for the Dodgers. But I ain't mad at the Mariners win. It's a win-win for me. Honestly, that's the best situation for me, 253. I can watch the game and just sit back and relax and be okay with whatever the result may be. I appreciate that question. Kind of, kind of dumb. Okay. All right, here we go. What else we got? Uh, 206, a successful year for Alden Smith would be at least six sacks. I agree with you. Six sacks would be awesome. That's all you need. He had five last year with the Dallas Cowboys, just getting his feet his feet wet, right? He's getting acclimated to the, to the NFL again. He sat for five years. However old this man is, you take five years off of that, that's how old he really is, okay? All right, the higher the hopes are, the harder the fall when they disappoint you. Yeah, but ain't that life? Don't you, don't, you, don't you just love hard and put everything into stuff, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out? So we're, if that's our mentality, we're teaching our kids to not take any risk. If I didn't take a risk, I wouldn't be with my wife today. If I didn't take a risk, I would not have the business that I have today. I wouldn't have the relationships that I have. You got to roll the dice sometimes. All right, let's go to the lines again. Corey from Puyallup. You know, I just hope all these M fans are as excited I'm about this year. I mean, I, and I hope that we don't forget that Astros cheated. I mean, let's let's not forget that. Just because they got a year off last year, let's, let's make sure we all know that Seattle is the rowdy fans that we are and we show up. I'm with you. I'm with you, Corey. Mariners fans, show up. Talk that talk. Walk that walk. Let the Astros know. We haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten about the cheating scandal that you guys were a part of, which was crazy. Like, the, the coordination that, that went on for these guys to cheat was ridiculous. Now, I, I was on the Danny Gallant show before this, and I talked to Danny. He goes, which is better or, or worse, a cork bat or the way the Astros cheated? And I go, it's the way they cheated because so many people were involved in that process. It wasn't like one guy just did it on his own and said, you know what, I'm going to take care of my team myself. Nah, there were guys in the mix cheating. Everyone was involved. Everybody was involved. All right, you are listening to the Paul Gallant Show. I'm Michael Bumpus. I am filling in. We got a great show coming up for you. I'll talk to you in a second. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. What's up? You're listening to the Paul Gallant Show. I'm Michael Bumpus filling in. And now it's time to go into the sports pit. And if I'm going to any kind of pit, I'm taking this man with me. Dave <laughs> Wyman, what's up? How you doing? Bump, how are you? I am doing here. all right, man. The sun is shining. 
Yeah. Mariners are playing today, and you're doing your show from T-Mobile Park today, right? Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. You know, they're going to get us a, a viewer. I'm sorry, a, a player that's going to be down on the field and uh, get an interview there. I think Mike Blowers is going to drop by. So yeah, we're we're going to be live from T-Mobile, and and also bump. I'm curious to see uh, what the fans bring for this Houston series. Like, I know yeah. they can't bring garbage cans in, but I mean, what kind of stuff <laughs> are they going to come up with when when these guys are getting up to bat? Something tells me someone might sneak into a restroom and grab one of the cans from in there <laughs> and take it down go. and make some noise. Yeah. So we're football guys, but I want to talk baseball with you real quick. Um, Justin Dunn, he had he, he said something that reminded me of you, honestly. Maury, can we play that cut about Justin's Dunn mentality on the mound? Yeah, of course. Give me just a second here. Okay. Everything today was just... Here it is, hit it. Um, it was kind of almost an FU mentality. So, uh, 001, I was going to give you one to hit, get ahead, and let my stuff play. So, if I knew if I could get ahead and expand later, I'd have some success. And honestly, didn't really have put away breaking balls today until the later in the game, later on in the game. So, um, yeah, fortunate with the results and just got to keep building off of it. He said it was an FU mentality. I love yeah. it, Dave. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think that's part of his uh, his process or his you know maturity. Like he figured something out because that was a great outing for Justin Dunn, and yeah. you know that you know whole FU attitude. It was kind of like uh, I remember Bobby Wagner before that San Francisco game that he had was such a big game this last year, uh, the one at home. He he was like, hey man, I just I finally just turned my brain off and went out and said. Screw it. Let's, let's let it happen, you know? And that's kind of what uh, I feel like Justin Dunn just took an important step because, as you know, Bump, as an athlete, you know, you get something like that. It's like a recipe, and, you know, you put it in your back pocket, and you can always go back to it. Like, yeah, yeah. remember that game where I did this or that? So, And I think pitching is so much more, you know, it's so psychological. So the mental side of it is really important. And, yeah, Justin Dunn, who's just a great dude, uh, love his story. Um, they, there's a bunch of really good guys on this team that are easy to root for. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So let's look at this baseball team now. We've been athletes. We know that when we're out there playing, we're going to give you everything we have, and we think we're going to win every game, at least most of them. Now this, this team, this Mariners team, is 8-5, and five, number one in AL West. I told the listeners that I'm going to love hard. I'm going to buy into this team, and whatever happens, happens. What's your approach to this season? Well, same. I mean, look, I don't really care so much about the record. I mean, they happen to be eight and five, but you know, and at the at the top of their division. But I, I'm not sure it's gonna it's gonna play out that way. But I'll say this: you know, the way they're winning has been kind of uh, very sort of veteran like. I mean, it has to do with laying off of pitches. You know, um, and, you know, getting hits in, in key moments and, you know, making plays in the outfield. So, yeah, it's been the way that they've they've won. What is that? They're three and oh in extra innings games. They're just a gritty group of the you know young guys that are out there sort of just letting it, you know, having the same mentality as uh, as Justin Dunn just talked about. And um, let's talk about Marco now. Now, he's kind of like the emotional leader, at least from my perspective. You know, he's a super competitive. Was there anybody that you played with in your time in the league that kind of reminds you of the mentality that Marco has? Yeah, you know what? I, I would say Dave Craig. Dave Craig was, uh, was that kind of guy. I mean, he, he was the guy that, you know, total underdog, and he always thought we had a chance to win. 
and he would always come over and yell at everybody, not screaming and yelling, but, you know, getting them going and you know, just that kind of guy, that kind of leader. So different personality for sure. But, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that turnaround from, you know, inning two on for Marco Gonzalez. I mean, it was looking bad, Bump. I, I was behind because I had it recorded, and Bob sent me a text. 34 pitches in the first inning? I was like, oh, man, <laughs> Marco's going to be done. But then he ends up throwing 49 the rest of the way through inning five and doesn't give up a, a single hit. I think at one point he retired like 10 or 11 straight batters. So just nice to see him be that competitive. And, yeah, he's a guy like Dave Craig that always thinks he's got a chance to win. Always. All right, let's transition to the NFL now. Alden Smith signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked the listeners. What should we expect from him? What's a good season for Alden Smith with these Seahawks? Well, I mean, he got lots of pressures last year, and that was the story. So, you know, I was kind of going through and looking at the sacks, but, you know, he was pretty valuable all the way through. I got to be honest with you about the thing that ex- uh, that got me, you know, took, I took notice uh, to his play was the three sacks that he had against the Seahawks, and he, yeah. beat, he beat Dwayne Brown a couple of times. And I remember calling that game going, I don't say this very often, but, Dwayne Brown just got beat for a sack, and that was Alden <laughs> Smith. You know, yeah. I mean, he, so he's an interesting player. I don't know what went on in those four years off, and I, I don't know if you know. There's a whole off the field aspect mm-hmm. for him, you know, and I, I think you know that's something that we're all trying to kind of figure out right now. But um, he's, I mean, you start putting all the pieces together, and you go, you know, they have a very competitive defensive line right now, but. It, what what I would expect out of him, I mean, shoot, if he could get five to eight sacks, you know, kind of like he did last year, I would think that's pretty good for a guy that's going to be 32 years old and, you know, you didn't spend a lot of money or draft capital getting him. I agree. I agree. So, now Chris Carson said that Russell Wilson reached out to him and kind of recruited him to come back to the Seahawks. Dave, when I think of Russell Wilson, I don't see him – I, or I didn't see him as a guy who is going to extend himself out and, and put himself out there to his teammates and, and do all that recruiting, um, especially not this offseason, just with the narrative that's been going on. He, he wants to leave. He doesn't want to leave. I thought there was a lot going on. Does it surprise you that Russell Wilson reached out to Chris Carson? And, and am I just reading him all wrong when it comes to his personality? Oh, you're talking about Russ? Russ, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean – I think it's kind of funny that somebody was saying, yeah, you sort of blew his cover for him when, when Carlos Dunlap said, yeah, I called Russ and uh, wanted to make sure before I signed that he was going to be with us, and he said yes. Well, that kind of took all of the sting out of the whole, you know, oh, I want to be traded thing <laughs> because, you know, he's <laughs> behind the scenes telling guys, oh, yeah, man, I'll be here. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But yet out in the media, he's saying, well, you know, maybe, a, you know, we don't want to be traded, but if so, here are the four cities, you know, all that stuff. It kind of takes the teeth out of that. So I thought that part of it was kind of funny, especially when Dunlap brought it up. But, yeah, now you hear Chris Carson. So, you know, I just – it's such a weird thing because I felt like I pretty much had Russell pegged. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as to what he's all about, and that one really came out of left field. I was I was surprised by that, but I just blame it on the agent. You know, <laughs> blame it on the agent. And Russ is Russ, and you know he's the same as we've always 
thought about him and I don't know how this thing's going to resolve if people are going to you know ask him like what was that all about Russ it'll be interesting to see how that thing ends what do you think bump I mean is it do you think at one point he's going to come out and say is it just going to fade away and we're going to stop talking about it or at one point is he going to come out and say hey guys uh you know sorry about that or whatever he wants to say about what went on in the offseason and all the comments he made Nah, he ain't talking about it, Dave. He's going to try to let that thing fade away, man. He's going to say all all the things we expect him to say. Oh, you know, I'm just going to focus on, you know, getting ready for week one. He's not even going to visit that thing. Like, you're right. You just said it. Blame it on the agent. I think that's what he's going to do. All right, I got one more for you, Dave. Trey Adams, offensive lineman for the University of Washington back in the day, went undrafted to the Buffalo Bills. After one season, he's retiring. He's calling it quits. Um, you've retired at one point. I retired at one point. Kind of let people know what's going on or what could be going on inside this young man's mind as he decides to stop playing the game that he grew up loving. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at one point it gets you, you know, it, it will get you. It, well, I'm just surprised after one year. But, I mean, I guess, you, you know, look, you really have to love it. You have to love football. And, and I really did. I thought, you know, at the end of my career, Watching the next season start without me, uh, if you want to ask how I felt, it was like standing on a dock watching a ship sail away out into the ocean with all of your family, friends, and loved ones on it. Yeah, You're just left behind, and you get this feeling like, hey, this season can't go on without me, right? Mm, I mean, football yeah. season for the last 18 years at the time for me, you know, I've been out playing football, and now I'm not. It's very difficult, but, you know, for him, I wonder if, you know, it's, there's injuries and things like that but you know i always tell the i would say to these guys stick it out man i mean you you know give it a shot well what i always say bump is hey it's no good on the outside stay in the (laughs) nfl as long as you can but uh, but i mean you know you only get a chance till you're what 30 if you're an offensive lineman maybe in your mid-30s you know and then when you retire from the nfl and that's what i realized i was still a very young man i was 33 33 years old when I retired. So there's plenty of time for all the other stuff. I I would just, my advice would be, hey, play as long as you possibly can. But you got to love it. And if you don't love it, then it can be very miserable for you. I'm with you. Ride it until the wheels fall off. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I I rode it until all at the time, all 28 teams slammed the door in my face. (laughs) I, I didn't retire bump. They did. So, yeah, that's how that went. Yeah, it's all right. All good. Great career. Great conversation. Dave, I appreciate you taking time. Don't forget, uh, Dave's doing a show from T-Mobile Park today, man. Enjoy the game and that weather. All right. Thanks, Bump. Thanks for having me on. No problem. All right. That was Dave Wyman in the Sports Pit. Coming up next, it's time for you to be heard. Call, text 206-421-3776. We'll close this thing up. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show, but he is in Puerto Rico. This is your boy, Michael Bump, is filling in for him. Uh, this is typically your time to be heard. If you want to be heard, call, text 206-421-3776. But our producer, Mora, just hit me with a clip that I have to share with you guys from Marshawn Lynch. What's happening, man? You got Marshawn Lynch here, man. Uh, better known as uh, the boy, boy, the kid, beast mode, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to to, to meet the, uh, the 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 Dr. Fauci himself. You understand me? What's happening, big dog? Uh, 
Thank you. It's good to be with you, Marshawn. No problem. Did you understand you. anything I just said? <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm good at that. <laughs> all right, all good. It sounds like we uh like we on path. Yep, we're on a path. Yeah, what's going on, boss man? <laughs> you gotta love Marshawn, man. I met Marshawn when I was 18, and he he talked just like that. Like nothing changed. If if you're not from Cali. That's Bay Area talk right there. Falchese, what's up, man? Uh, I love Marshawn Lynch. Whatever Marshawn does is gold, more. I can listen to him do whatever he wants to do. Oh, yeah. If you like want to get more information about COVID and vaccines and everything right now, if that's, that's the program I would choose to listen to, the YouTube show that Marshawn Lynch just did with Dr. Fauci. Yes, yeah. please. Yes, please, and thank you all day. Um, I like how Marshawn goes, you understand anything I said? He goes, yeah, I got it. So he, he's still he's still computing in his, his smart brain exactly what's going on. Marshawn just has a way of making people feel comfortable, man. And like I said, I met him when I was 18. We went to Washington State on a trip together. And uh, we were only together for like two days. They paired us up. And by the end, end of the day, I thought I had a close friend. And then I see him again, this playing against him in the Pac-12, Pac-10 at the time. And it's always love. So Marshawn is one of the most consistent people I have ever met in my life. I appreciate that. Again, I'm going to remind you, this is your time to be heard. I posed a question at the beginning of the show. Uh, what are the expectations for Alden Smith? What should we expect out of them? You guys let me know. You want to talk a little bit of Mariners? You guys let me know. We got about five, six minutes here. So get them in quickly. These Mariners are balling. Again, they're number one in the AL West. They got a power game going right now. They have seven home runs from six different players in four games. They're doing things that I didn't expect them to do. So I'm pleasantly surprised. And like I said, I'm going to love this team hard. I'm going in on the Mariners. Now, Alden Smith. What should I expect from that guy? I expect him to cause havoc, but not in a way that we expected Clowney to cause havoc, right? With Clowney, people knew he, he wasn't going to get a lot of sacks. That's not what he does. He's a big play guy. He'll strip sack. He'll pick up a fumble. He's great in the run game. That's not what I want to see from Alden Smith. I want to see a guy get after the quarterback. I also want to see a guy who is a mentor for these younger guys of what not to do and how to bounce back. Now, you might not agree with all the trouble this guy has been and off the field, but he's been his nose has been clean for a while. It's been clean for a while. He's staying out of trouble. He had a productive year against the Dallas Cowboys. Mara, I'm ask you, what's a productive year for Smith? What's a good year for this guy? I would say even if he, even if he gets the five sacks that he got last year, but hopefully not all all in like one month like he did last year, and it's. Like, <laughs> Spread up. Even that would be amazing considering all the other firepower that they have on the offense or on the defensive front right now. You know, I think having a full year of Carlos Dunlap, adding Kerry Hyder into the mix. But I, I think, because man, I know the Seahawks struggled on defense at the beginning of the season last year, but the Cowboys defense was really bad. Their secondary was so banged up, which, you know, of course affects the pass rush as well. I really think in this defense, if we can keep everyone healthy this year, that I'm thinking he could get closer to at least eight. Close to eight. Imagine you get eight from him. Kerry Hyder had eight and a half last year. Benson had his seven. That would be a very productive defensive line rotation. You know what? The four two five is pointing something out, and I think we need to do this. Shout out to the Sounders in the season opener. Coming off another trip to the championship. Dominant team the last five years. Yes, Sounders need some love. Show these guys some love. They've been super dominant. They've been to the playoffs like every year since they were in the MLS. They have great support. 
the Sounders fans are awesome. I pretty much we all share each other, right? We're like we're Mariners, Hawks, and Sounders. You guys show love. So yes, I'm excited for that Sounders season. They even have a local kid on the team from Mercer Island. So if you got some local ties, go check out the Sounders. Okay, but back to the Mariners. We got 509. It says the Mariners I have slated for 87 wins. Might be high, but I believe. I will see, S-E-A, them rise. The run differential isn't great, but now, uh, isn't great isn't great right now, but if you remove, oh, that's a lot. Okay. It's too long, 509. I'm with you, though. 87 wins, that might be a little high, but I like the, the optimism. And people can say, all right, it's fool's gold. They're going to fold. But if they didn't come out and show the things that they have the past few weeks in this season, you couldn't even be optimistic. So at least they're giving you opportunities to cheer for them, to give some, have something to believe in. And let's not forget, Astros are coming into town. Hey, real quickly, if you can text in, what are you going to do? If you were at the Astros-Mariners game, are you invested in the booing, in the heckling of the Astros, or have you moved on and you're just focusing on the Mariners? More about you. Are you focused on the, the heckling and, and the booing, or are you kind of like, I'm over this, I just want to see my team ball? I mean, I kind of want to have my cake and eat it, too. Can it be both? It can be both. It should be both. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to see them get booed, but then it would be even better if the Mariners could, you know, take the series on top of that. Mariners take the series. If the Mariners can take this series, I already think they're, they're on the rise. If they take this series, and I don't care that the Astros are missing um, possibly five starters, including Altuve, guys that you want to boo, but if they can take this series, I'm looking at them a bit different. I am looking at them a bit different. I love it. All right, let's see. Let's go. What we got? What we got? We got 425. Mark Cuban is on our – I don't want to read that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We do have a uh, caller we could squeeze in real quick here before the end of the show. Damien from Tacoma is on the line. Let's do it. What's up, Bob? Can you hear me? Damien, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Happy Friday to you, brother. Happy Friday, sir. Okay, so 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 first off, I want to say Alan Smith is a tremendous pickup. Uh, I'm predicting a good maybe eight to ten stacks from him. Uh, he's a year removed uh, from obviously having five years off, so him having a full offseason is definitely going to be tremendous for us. Uh, my question to you would be, uh, what are your thoughts on defensive tackle? I know with the departure of, uh, of Jaron Reed, uh, maybe bringing in a veteran guy like maybe Geno Atkins or Jarrell Casey to kind of mentor that young defensive line. Hey, great question. I love your optimism about Alden Smith. Eight to ten sacks will be good. As far as the interior lineman, you got Puna Ford, who I think is good. I think he can hold it down. You're bringing the veteran Al Woods. You can never have enough guys. If Geno Atkins wants to come join the party, come join this party. It's going to have to be for the low, but join this party. The only problem I have with that is that where's Rasheem Green going to go? You know, Miles, there's going to be someone whose career suffers from bringing these guys in. That's the nature of the beast. That's the business but I will take some talent all day. Damon, I appreciate that call. The texters, the listeners, I appreciate you guys hanging out with your boy Michael Bump. is filling in for Paul Gallant on his show for the 10 o'clock hour. Coming up next, you got Jake and Stacy. but my boy C-Raj is filling in for Jake. He's going to kill it. Thank you to Moral Dooley, honed it down, back in the station. Thank you, Dave Wyman, for coming on. It's been real. I'm Michael Bump. You guys have a great weekend.